0: Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by The Ringer.com and The Ringer Podcast Network. Uh, what is going on on ringer.com these days, you might be asking yourself. I don't know. A little NBA free agency that's happening. Ever heard of it? Uh, check out the M- the Ringer NBA show where I, that's pretty much all they're talking about. Kevin O'Connor's just pulling his hair out saying they gave DeAndre Jordan $10 million. Oh my God. And uh, all these all the news is breaking. And it's, it's a madhouse around Ringer HQ right now. It definitely, definitely is. There's a, there, the people are just losing their minds at at all the, the signings that are happening. Kyle, meanwhile, is following Bill around with a defibrillator everywhere Bill goes because they're just waiting. <laughs> they're just waiting for to to hear that Kawhi is going to the Lakers, and then Kyle has to revive Bill and stick his, a microphone in front of his face to do the emergency. The Lakers are the greatest goddamn team ever. Podcast that is coming <laughs> in the next four or five days. <laughs> um, also. Plugging Ringer stuff, Tate. We are going to Vegas. We're going to Las mm-hmm. Vegas for Summer League on Friday. This Friday, we, you and I will be there. Uh, a lot of other Ringer people will be there. I think we have a, a Ringer booth set up at the Thomas Max Center, like we had last year, that you can come by and uh, I don't know beg beg Liz Kelly for a t shirt. She'll yeah. throw it to you, I guess. Like that's how it works. I don't I don't Make know sure what's you can Drop a tea time in there, and you'll you'll probably get yeah one. yeah. Ask ask uh, rule
1: heard, no, rule number one. Yeah. Rule number one is to respect Liz Kelly when she's standing at the booth. You know what I mean? She's going to get hounded by tons of people. People, all the tea time fans are going to be everywhere. And we should point out that just a week ago, uh, myself, Mark Titus, we were talking on this podcast about how uh, we were going to, you know, be the regular plebs while we looked at Kyle in the media section. Mm -hmm. And boy, have things changed since the last time we've talked. So now Mark Titus and myself will be there and we will be pouring one out for Kyle the entire time. Because again, he has to do the the Lakers podcast. The Lakers podcast matters more more So
0: Kyle will not be there. It's a lot can change in a week. That is uh that is what we've learned these past seven days. Kyle will not Kyle will not be there. But um yeah yeah duty calls. So uh check that out if you're if you're coming to Vegas, please say hello to us. We'll be walking around. We need our egos need it. Um we 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 need to be recognized in public. We need validation. That's I that's why. Just, <laughs> just drop a couple wears kyles here and there. Once yeah. Like take if you if anybody sees us and you take a picture with us, please just tweet like it was cool seeing Titus and Tate, but really wish I could have saw Kyle or something like that. That's all I need. That's yeah. I'm a and then man. Yeah, Kyle will retweet it and yeah. <laughs> Life goes on. As he's sitting in the podcast studio on, on a holiday weekend. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the dark,
1: listening to old BS pods, getting ready for uh, more to come. I uh, can't wait. It. It'll you be good it. times. You get it
0: fun times. Uh all right, so yeah, we, we have we have that to look forward to. Also Vegas, like we're we're doing a lot of player interviews. We we have a lot of stuff lined up. I we've been talking to some of our the guys. Some some of the guys that have been on here before, some of the guys that have not been on here that we know. Uh we have a lot of fun stuff uh planned for Las Vegas. So hopefully it all works out and we don't just get drunk and pass out and lose you all the money and yeah. Yeah. We have golf. to make it to top golf. Um hopefully our yes. plans come to fruition, but as we have learned many times on this podcast that does not always happen. So we will see. But um Yeah. Today we are talking about Tate. uh, What are we talking about? Mm -hmm. That's what the people want to know. What is the show going to cover?
1: Well, we got a lot of stuff going on in the world of basketball, and that's mainly NBA professional basketball, I guess you could say. But we also have to talk about uh, Kevin Ollie getting the show calls penalty for three years, Uh, UConn basketball back in the Big East. All good things are happening. But then this comes down, the NCAA is not happy that he did not agree to uh, go back and have another interview with them. So therefore, they laid the hammer down on Mm -hmm. Ollie. So that's something to talk about. Uh, Is there anything else, Mark Titus, anything college Uh, basketball related? I don't know.
0: Brad Calipari is leaving Kentucky officially. Um, Does that count as news? We have to talk about that. Yes, uh, the Calipari's were in the news a lot this past week uh, for for various things, and and we'll touch on all of that. I also I have a lot of just like random nuggets. I want to I want to talk about like I was I was watching ESPN U and they were showing all these old games of uh, of guys that are now NBA stars, and they're showing games from back when they were in college. And I was having fun watching that over the weekend. So um, I don't know. We'll see where this show goes. It's an off season show, that means it's a fun show, and uh, we are going to have some fun. But first, Woody Durham.
1: It's like-
0: Alright, it is Tuesday morning here in Los Angeles. Kyle and I are in the studio. Tate is not in the studio. Tate is in North Carolina, presumably celebrating the fact that uh, I just saw this news tape. North Carolina, it, it's now legal to sell alcohol at North Carolina games. Is this, is, am my understanding this correctly?
1: I believe that you are understanding this correctly. It also, uh, they moved it. So this is, my mom's very excited about this. You can buy wine now at 10 a.m. instead of mm-hmm. at noon. So uh, alcohol in general is just being more and more accepted in North Carolina. Uh, also hemp has been legal for quite some time in North Carolina. Now it's federally, federally legal. So uh, Matt Darty has started a, a CBD business. I found out about wow. that being back home in North Carolina. So uh, coach Darty, congratulations on that. And yeah, so all good things in North Carolina. I had a nice uh, guy on the plane that sat, ne- sat next to me on the way back to RDU that uh, asked about my back, asked about Kyle, asked about the podcast, asked about uh, when Mark Titus is going to get offered another job to be a head coach. So, you know, that's always uh, a good thing to hear coming back home. So yeah. All good things.
0: Well, speaking of speaking of me being a coach, uh, there might be some on the horizon. I saw this on Friday that uh, th- there's a there's this Twitter account called at Coaching Changes. Um, I have no idea mm-hmm. who the guy is or how valid the account is. In fact, I went to click on it and I'm blocked by the guy for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, you know, I'm not I'm not upset about it. Like I'm not I'm not one of those people that like people get real defensive when they get blocked on Twitter and they're like, oh, 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 what did I do to deserve that? Like I don't really care. Listen, block whoever you want. If you want to block like Tom Crean, I know blocked me one time, but I deserved I probably deserve that one. But um probably. I don't really care if I get blocked on Twitter. I was just uh uh, I don't know. I was really disappointed because uh, I wanted to read this news. Yeah, you're not mad. It's funny to you. Yeah, it's, it's funny. funny. I'm actually I'm laughing. Blocked. Um, yes. I, mean, yes, I mean, it is It is weird anytime you click on a profile and you've never engaged with them and you're blocked. But uh, I understand it because I've done it to people that I've never engaged with. Like, I just see someone's tweets keep popping in my timeline. I'm like, this guy seems like an asshole. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preemptively block him so I don't have to deal with him later. Um, and if that was what this guy had in mind, uh, I don't blame him because I, as it turns out, I probably am an asshole and it was probably the right call but anyway back to the point um, I saw someone someone sent me one of his tweets and then I couldn't see it so I was like you have to explain what this says to me and they, he said th- this this Twitter account at Coaching Changes says that there's a mutiny forming the word was mutiny uh, at Cleveland State <laughs> that basically all the players hate the coach and they're going to the AD saying fire this coach or we're all leaving and this was on like Friday and I think today two, they're, two of their best players have announced that they have entered the transfer portal so, uh, I don't know, man, Cleveland state might be opening up. I might be coming back to Ohio. Good thing. I haven't got my license yet out here in California. I'm not a, I'm not an actual resident. I was going to
1: say, we'll, we'll see if you can travel, uh, across state lines to get to Cleveland. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll hope that, that all works out. And uh, so you speaking of, uh, guys that have blocked you, one of my biggest blocks, uh, and it was a guy I was watching the summer league last night, Tony Bradley who's on the jazz playing Mm -hmm. in Salt Lake city right now, still blocked me. And it all comes (laughs) down to when 2017, when Carolina won the national championship, all I said to him was he shouldn't go to the NBA. He should stay in school. Wow. And he blocked me on Twitter and I'm still blocked. And I feel like we're past that point. So Tony Bradley, if you hear this, Please unblock me. I this, want to support your career.
0: This is like didn't didn't Boogie Cousins block Bill one time and he was he like harped on him for like six years. <laughs>
1: six years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is me. I'm three years in. I have three more to go. Oh, love you back, God. Tony. Let me love you.
0: Um, <laughs> one guy who we know is not going to be getting the Cleveland State head coaching job is a man named Kevin Ollie. <laughs> who today word came down from the NCAA that Kevin Ollie has a three-year show cause penalty. Uh, which basically means that he he more or less cannot be hired for three years. He can be hired for three years, but uh, the the any school that hires him has to jump through a bunch of hoops that just frankly aren't worth the effort. So he basically can't be hired for three years. College basketball program, which as it turns out works out pretty well for Kevin Ollie because Kevin Ollie has zero interest in ever coaching college basketball again. Kevin Ollie had zero interest coaching college basketball when he was coaching college basketball. <laughs> That's what got him into this mess in the first place. He was just like, Nah, I I don't think recruiting. I don't think recruiting rules actually exist. Like, here's how we do it in the NBA. We have guys call each other. I, I have my former players call the recruits. I shoot around with the recruits. Uh, we just kind of do whatever we want. And and that's how it works in the NBA, so that's how I'm going to do it here. And then the NCAA said, that's not how we do it here, Kevin. Um, so yeah, that, that's the big news in college basketball right now. UConn has been put on probation for two years, Tate. They lose one scholarship. Um, kind of a, from my perspective, this seems like kind of a harsh penalty in the sense that uh, Ollie is gone. Um UConn again. J- UConn just announced they're going to the Big East. Like, why shit on their parade, NCAA? What are we doing here? Like, we're we're trying to celebrate the return of the old Big East. Um, But yeah, like, not there. There was not really. Th- this was like strictly a Kevin Ollie and Kevin Ollie staff situation. Uh They're all gone. Who cares? Just like give Kevin Ollie the show cause. You don't need to take away a scholarship and put UConn on probation and and give them recruiting restrictions and all that. That's that's my opinion. But I don't know. I'm one man. And.
1: And I'm with you on that because, I mean, it basically came down to the NCAA comes out and they said it was three situations that matter. There were pickup games uh, in the preseason, which uh, they, they passed the limits of games. And obviously they had managers go in there to keep stats. So that's why they counted as official pickup games, which I, th- I find very funny. Uh, a video coordinator, which I guess counted as a coach, uh, you know, meant that there were too many coaches that were allowed to be at uh, certain events. And then they had a booster providing extra benefits, which basically came down to he was letting guys work out. Out in a private gym with him and then paying for their lodging while they were, you know, close to mm-hmm. the private gym that he was letting them work out. They all seem like really, you know, minute kind of nitpicky things to point out to give a guy a three-year show calls penalty. And and the reason is show calls, if he gets hired, you have to show... The, the calls, why he should be able to coach for your team. And usually that's impossible to show uh, at any level. Right. Uh, but I think the reason that they did this right, Mark Titus is the, is the same thing that we've known for a long time with the NCAA. You only get really punished when one, you lie to uh, the people that are or the NCAA uh, when they come to campus and they do their interviews or two, you refuse to talk to them after they do their first interview, which Kevin Ollie was able to do both those things. And once he did that, they basically gave him the middle finger and said, well, you're no longer allowed here, and you can move along, sir. Yeah. Move along.
0: But, but so, again, I mean,
1: that's pretty much what it is.
0: But again, I kind of respect Kevin Ollie's position, which is like I, I don't give yes. a shit about your little system that you have set up. I never want to take part in the NCA ever again. So to hell with you guys. Who cares? I want a national title. Suck it. I'm out. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> um, what, the, the the other interesting thing though, what 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 Kevin Ollie does care about is his ongoing litigation with UConn. Uh, who he he's yes. he's suing UConn. Because UConn fired him for cause, cause is the big word. Everybody loves throwing out cause. Um, they mm-hmm. fired him for cause because he uh, had all these uh, violations going on. But then the real reason, if if you know, for being honest with each other, they actually fired him because he sucked and the program was nosediving. Um, so that's the big that's the big uh, ongoing debate. And I think the NCAA ruling. That like handing out these punishments to UConn, I think uh, Kevin Ollie's kind of screwed in that because I think UConn can now point to this and say, "You did this to us, you asshole. This is why we fired you." And I th- that I don't know. I, which, I should preface which, it. I'm not a lawyer. I guess I should get that out of the out of the way. Or a doctor, or a doctor. <laughs> or a doctor. But that's how I see it.
1: Yeah, that's how I see it too. and also is there a weird chance that maybe UConn wanted to get this uh, handed down so that they could use that in the case against Kevin Ollie, so they did not have to pay? Uh, for for such a situation, uh, well, because you know that would make sense.
0: There, there is. There's that. There's also like what happened last time UConn went to a new conference, um, and and was dealing with some NCAA sanctions as they entered mm. the new conference. Date. Mm. Do we do we have historical precedents here with Shabazz Napier getting the microphone after the 2014 title and just like. Going in some snacks. Yeah. Jim Nance had his tie ready. He was about to put it over Shabazz's neck. And then Shabazz is like, give me that fucking microphone. He's like, I can't even feed myself. I need snacks, bitch. This is what happens when you don't let us, (laughs) (laughs) you don't let us, you don't let us in the tournament last year. We're just going to win the motherfucking thing the year after. And then he drops the microphone and Jim Nance is like, God damn, I'm not, where's Tyler Olander. You get my tie. Here you go. Ryan Boatwright, take my tie. God damn, Shabazz. I can't be giving my tie out to a guy like you.
1: <laughs> Too much. And LeBron James <laughs> said, I want that guy yeah. on the Miami Heat. Oh, wait, I'm going to Cleveland. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys.
0: No, that's why you want him on the Heat. He's like, put this guy on the Heat so I can play against him <laughs> as I go to Cleveland. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think Kevin Ollie, uh, it, it Kevin Ollie's story, his, his reign at UConn, very brief, obviously, but it's going to be fascinating to look back on. It already kind of is. Um, we're we're gonna have the is was Kevin Ollie actually let me let me let me figure out how to say this Tate because I got to choose my words carefully because UConn fans already have their mm-hmm. Twitter accounts pulled up and they're ready to to fucking go in on me. I don't think Kevin Ollie is a victim. I don't think he's a great coach. Uh, I think I'm I'm slightly sympathetic to his situation that he was put in, which is you're following Jim Calhoun, which is an impossible standard to to follow the greatest coach in school yes. history. Um, the guy wins a national title. And then yes, I, I do agree that the the program was was going off the rails a little bit. Obviously he he brought some of this upon himself with re, with the recruiting shit. Uh, but he's he's in a dog shit conference of the American. This is this was a problem. This is Yukon uh, UConn fans know this was a problem. This is why they're so excited to be going back to the Big East. Um, it's kind of wild to think you have a former player who takes over for the greatest coach in school history, wins a national title, and does it in like a, a, a second rate conference. And he's he's just ostracized completely by by UConn fans. Um, I mean, I get it, but it's just I, I'm not saying they shouldn't feel that way about him. I'm just saying it's a bizarre situation that we found ourselves in uh, because all of those bullet points I just laid out. You would think there would be some semblance of like, I mean, it was kind of time to move on, but like you know, we're so thankful for what Coach Ali did for us and, and and that transition period, whatever, whatever. I don't really get that feeling. I get the feeling that UConn fans are like, get this motherfucker out of here. Please, Dan Hurley, savior, we're, we're doing it. We're back in the Big East. Let's go. That seems to be the... take the uh, charge, coach. Yes, yes.
1: Uh, I think the most disrespectful part is the fact that in the actual report from the NCAA, they never said Kevin Ollie's name. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if this is. St- I don't know if that's standard practice, but they basically just kept saying the head coach. So much so that I was confused as to who they were talking about. Maybe they're first. talking about like, Calhoun. Yeah, are they talking about Kevin? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, who is who is involved in this? Is the coordinator the one that they're talking about? Because at first it was just coach, and then you know they got more specific with head coach itself. But if I'm Kevin Ollie, like if you're going to say my, if you're going to say your piece about what I was up to, at least say my name. You know what I mean? Uh, say my direct, name. So at least. I, <laughs> Yeah. At least at the guy. So, uh, I, I found that a little disrespectful to Kevin Ali, and I, I don't know how it will be viewed in the, uh, the annals of history as far as what Ali meant to UConn, obviously winning in 2014 means a lot, getting another title for those guys. But like you said, I think they kind of want to wash away this period and, and almost just give Calhoun that title, you know, just throw exactly. it over to him and just say, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sprinkle 2014 with Calhoun's, you know, resume.
0: Exactly. I think I think that's, what's going to end up happening. I think 10 years from now. Uh, UConn's going to do all they can to just erase Kevin Ollie from history and just say that that Jim Calhoun won four titles. And, um,
1: yeah, yeah, let's be honest. You and I are going to be talking on a podcast in 10 years and we're going to be like, I mean, just think about it. Calhoun won four championships and we're both going (laughs) to move on and not even think about it.
0: The, The one, the one hope that Kevin Ollie has is that he sticks around just as like a trivia thing where, uh, Where assholes like me use his name to like uh, I don't know tear down like Bill Self or John Calipari to be like yeah Bill Self he's supposed to be this great coach how come he's won as many titles as as Kevin Ollie and that's like like using that punchline I think that's the one hope that Kevin Ollie has that he can always he's he's been to more Final Fours than Sean Miller he's won more titles than you know (laughs) Kevin Ollie everyone loves Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett still only won as many titles as Kevin Ollie. We got to pump the brakes on the Tony Bennett love here, folks. We don't know how good Tony's gonna actually stuff like that. That's Kevin Ollie's uh, legacy yeah. in college basketball, I think. The,
1: the, <laughs> Ke- Kevin Ollie is the goddamn punchline of all coaches with one title. Yeah. for the rest of eternity. Exactly.
0: It used to be the uh who is the guy? God, I, I I forget his name. Um, the 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 Holy Cross coach who is the worst. I am not even saying this to upset bill but the guy the guy who who coached Holy Cross I uh, uh, hold on I might have it it's Doggy Julian look this up Kyle I pulled this from memory just just google the 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 name Doggy I think it's D O G G I E Julian at Holy Cross This guy he won the title back in the day and then I looked up this dude's resume and he's like yeah. by far the worst coach It was Doggy Julian Yeah how about Good that job. Um by far the worst coach to ever win a title. Um so Kevin Ollie's at least not that bad, but no one knows who that guy is. So anyway. I pulled up
1: doggy Julian as well. The guy's name is Fred. How do you go from Fred to Doggy? I mean Dude, that I mean that's was, enough to say I respect the guy.
0: It was a different time back then, man. You just get these crazy ass nicknames. <laughs> it's like the only people that still have those nicknames now are college football coaches. That's it. That's it. But like mm-hmm. back back in the day, everyone it, it feels like everyone back in the forties used to have just an absurd nickname that they went by. Um, all right. What, we got anything else on Ollie or do you want to talk about what we really want to talk about? No, the I, I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm too lost in
1: doggy Julian right now. I'm <laughs> reading all about him at this point. So uh, I appreciate you bringing him up. Yeah. I mean, the, the Ollie stuff is probably the biggest college basketball news of the day. Uh, I don't really even know what it means uh, from, from a big picture perspective, but it also is kind of a, it's a little bit of a tease because we were promised around this week in this timeline that we were going to get uh, two major programs were going to get hit with level one penalties, right? Mm. Uh, these are level three uh, that are coming down on Kevin Ollie and UConn. But we're right around the range of time that the NCAA was promising some big-time stuff. And we're still waiting, Mark Hmm. Titus, as we've been waiting for quite some time. I'm sure the Yahoo boys are on pins and needles. They're refreshing Twitter. They're, you know, you know, reviewing all their emails and uh, wiretaps that they have ready to release. So I don't know what's going on. I'm hoping that eventually we get hit with some big news. And, you know, based on what usually happens with this podcast, it'll probably come out around, you know, three o'clock Eastern Eastern Standard Time. But 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 for now, uh, all we have is Kevin Ollie, and that uh, and I guess that'll that'll hold us over until we get to Summer League.
0: Um, Bill, uh, 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 Kyle. I mean, by the way, uh, ask ask Bill about Doggy Julian on the next podcast. I'll I just want to see. see what, I just yeah. want to see what happens. Okay. I just want to see what happens. Um, you're absolutely right, Tate. Uh, nephew, the, nephew. The... That's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> what is dominating the basketball world is free agency. Uh, a lot of people are are th- calling it NBA free agency because uh, it's it's involving the NBA. But I think we need to to broaden the scope here, Tate, because there have been some free agent movement there's been some free agent movement going on in the world of college basketball as well. Um, The big domino (laughs) that fell was Brad Calipari going to Detroit Mercy. Uh, Mm -hmm. this, This coming on the heels. Do you think, my first question is this. Do you think Brad... Purposely waited to announce what school he's going to. He purposely waited for July to roll around so he could like sprinkle his decision in with all of the NBA guys. Do you think like like John Calipari was calling Woj, trying to get Woj to tweet about this? He's like, we could really use this. Please tweet the Brad Cal. P- please drop the Woj bomb for us. And Woj was like, what? I mean, he has a hash.
1: He has a full hashtag. The next chapter. I mean, I was hoping that he was going to do the SI cover spread with you know him doing his wingspan across it. You know what I mean? That would have been Brad's real moment.
0: They put the he put together that video thanking Kentucky, um, all of that stuff. I I am so excited to watch Brad. I'm first of all in all seriousness. We we make a lot of jokes. Uh, I got into a beef with Brad Calipari because I I said he he wants to be black, which as we learned, Tate, he definitely doesn't because his final two schools were Hampton, a historic a historically black college, um, and Detroit, <laughs> and he chose the not historically black college, which proves that he doesn't actually want to be black. So uh, I was I was very off on that um never mind that he that one of his final two schools <laughs> was a school that's like 98% HBCUs, black. baby um but yeah enough about that uh we we had our little we had our little tiff or whatever but i actually do think this is awesome and and really really cool that he is like it would be very easy for him to just stay at kentucky and ride his his father's coattails and and be the the, the coach's son and and live a great life, but he wants to play basketball. He wants minutes. And I I, I seriously do admire him uh, because I was in his shoes when I was a walk-on at Ohio State. Uh, after two years at Ohio State, the first year we go to the Final Four, I'm a freshman. Uh, I didn't play a lot, and I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. We had one of the best teams in the country. I kind of suck. I didn't even think I was going to play basketball this year. I'm out of shape. It all makes sense. That summer I worked pretty hard uh, I was killing it in practice my sophomore year. I was I was playing really really well. It was the best basketball I ever played in my life. Our team sucked. We didn't even make the tournament. We went to the NIT. I still didn't play. And I, I after my sophomore year, I was like, well, if I'm not playing on this shitty team, I'm never. And and I was killing it in practice. Then I'm never getting minutes here. And uh, I really seriously thought about transferring because I I thought I wanted to play somewhere. Um, and I ended up not doing it because I was. Honestly, like chicken shit. I was too scared to do it. Like I was like, I can't give up this opportunity to Ohio State. (laughs) So for Brad to 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 put his neck out there and say like, yes, I might not like he might go to Detroit and play seven minutes a game is all, and average three points, and everyone's going to make fun of him at how he actually sucks. And he thought he was good, and he thought he could become the best player on this team or whatever. Um, But no, I I do admire it, Tate, and a little moment of seriousness for me. That that that's all you get for this.
1: Yeah. And look, I, I like what you're doing here. You're trying to get Brad to unblock you, which I, <laughs> I think is a very smart move on your part. Very savvy Brad, move. Uh, I'm on the just, pod, Brad. <laughs> yeah, pl- Please, Brad, we need you. Uh, I would say I was impressed just to see the note from Brad. He had a, I'm sure Kyle was excited about this. He had his PlayStation shirt on, which is, uh, I guess to say he's going in video game mode. Uh, it, it's Brad's time. Uh, he said he, he grew from a kid to a man uh, while he was at Kentucky. And then, you know, of course, coach Cow came out and said, you know, he didn't treat Brad any differently while he was at Kentucky. He was very proud of him, uh, that he was able to handle it. Uh, and he didn't believe that, you know, Brad should be treated any differently. And I think uh, we all saw that, uh, you know, when, when you look at how everything played out, because it would have been really cool if Cow just played Brad as the fifth guy, every single, uh, you know, with all these five stars coming in, he just had Brad play on yeah. the court with them. That would have been fun for for at least a few years. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed that he graduated in three years. And also like, it's just more content for us, you know, moving out of Kentucky. Now we have coach Cow, which we can have over here, in our little chamber of content. And now we have Brad somewhere else. So it, it just split up uh, the content for us. So we, we're we just very, I, I don't know about you. I just feel very blessed, uh, blessed to be in this position just like Brad does.
0: Hashtag so. blessed. I, I just thought about this. Who's the best, um, I don't know how to phrase this. And and I'm, I'm sure there's an obvious example. It's just not coming to mind. The be, a, a coach that's at like a legit program, a, a power five school. So it's not like some tiny ass school uh, who has a son that's, who's the best son of a coach that didn't play for the coach is the question I'm asking. Mm. But only only mm. coaches that are at like legit schools. I'm not talking about like a situation where like a coach is like a NAIA school and the kid's like, no, nah, I'm going to go play for Duke or something. Um, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think if there's an example. What we'll I'm sure there's an obvious one and people are going to tweet it at us. But uh, yeah, is Brad Calipari the best player ever to not play for his dad? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, makes you think. <laughs> really makes yeah, let's think. put it out there let's, let's put just, it out there let's just
1: say that for now it's yeah, let's it otherwise. That out yeah. there for now he's the placeholder yeah. yeah. and at then least. you get you guys tell us uh, <laughs> i will say the one guy I can think of that there was a chance that it could have been it was ray mccallum jr uh when he went to detroit now i'm just like locked in detroit basketball at this point he was so close to going to i, I mean it was down in north carolina and somewhere else but then he ended up staying at detroit with his dad because his dad was like look, man, I got to keep the job. Do you want everyone to have, you know, a dinner tonight? You know what I mean? You want some snacks? You got to play for your dad. So, uh, that was the only person <laughs> I could think of that almost went away from his dad and was a four-star guy. But yeah, right now, Brad Calipari on top of his game. Can we talk about some of the other big well, name I transfers? Say, I know Brad's
0: I was going to say, speaking of Detroit <laughs> sons, uh, we should also mention that Mike Davis is the coach of Detroit and his son, Antoine Davis, yes. uh, if, if you're going to watch Detroit basketball this year just to get a glimpse of Brad Calipari be be prepared for Antoine Davis who uh it he, he scores a lot of points he also shoots a lot Tate we'll put it that way um this is it, it's going to be the uh the, the Detroit Mercy Titans have have some coaches' sons on the team and um i'm 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 interested to see the dynamic of Mike Mike Davis coaching his son as is this a is this a bringing the IU Kentucky rivalry back i just thought about that is that what Calipari is doing here? Send Brad to, to Mike Davis. We're, we're we're building the bridge. I saw that John came out and said that he's trying to he's trying to play IU again. He's putting out fielders. He wants to play IU in uh uh where's he what, Lucas Oil or something? I think is what he was saying. He wants to play in Indianapolis. Is all I know. Um, because obviously he does because that's where all the best recruits come from. And he wants Kentucky to have a presence in Indianapolis. And Indiana's like, no, we don't want to do that. And then Calipari says uh, he he wants to do that because. In 2012, um, one of his players almost got hurt because IU fans were happy that they beat them. And that's the story. But um anyway.
1: Also, Calipari, Calipari is still like a little heartbroken over what Zion and RJ and all those guys did to him in Indianapolis at the Champions Classic. So he's like, let's play Indiana up there. Get our bearings back. Blow somebody out and let people know who yeah, we dude, are again. Did you see uh, that? So very smart move by Coach Cal.
0: You're talking about that tweet? The, uh, yes. The tweet he throws out that uh, let's tell the people what he says. John Calipari tweets just kind of out of nowhere. This was last Tuesday, right? As you said, right <laughs> after we got done with the podcast, uh, this was kind of the news. This was kind of semi big news, just because it involves Duke and Kentucky and and Cal throwing some shade at Duke. Um, he he tweets about how he's building his team and how these kids and it all starts with having. He he literally says it starts with having really good kids, uh, and and he's excited about this this team he's got coming up. And then he follows that up with a tweet tape that says, "We don't promote two guys and push everyone else to the curb." Hmm. This is about mm. all the, all these kids becoming their best version. As this team succeeds, we all become our best version. This is this is actually this is actually the part that got me more than the uh, the Duke shade. And then he puts in all caps, "Big team, better me." And yes, we trademarked that. So that's the new Kentucky phrase: "Is <laughs> big team, better me." We're just, Jesus. Oh no! <laughs> I don't know. Calipari found a way to. Uh, Talk shit about Coach K, Zion Williamson, and RJ Barrett. And yet in the same tweet, something caught my eye more than that part. (laughs) Because because big team better is horrible.
1: (laughs) <laughs> there's no way he didn't run that by Drake big team better me because Drake <laughs> loved that. And he was like, we should trademark that. So obviously Drake's back involved with Kentucky. He's obviously worried about Kawhi leaving. So now he's going to go back to college basketball. So, uh, good for Cal to get that trademark. I wish you would have trademark earn everything, uh, before Brad left, but I guess it's a little too, little too late at that point, uh, for that to happen. But I, I don't know where that came from, but I also know that we're in kind of the height of, you know, coach Cal trying to kind of get ahead of these 2020 guys as he tries to get up with, with coach K. So maybe it was just a, a slight shade a little bit, but he's been tweeting about MKG mm-hmm. uh, supporting the special Olympics. He's been tweeting about Julius Randall going to the Knicks. He was one of the only people on Twitter who was excited to see Julius Randall going to the Knicks. I think Stephen A. Smith's head basically exploded when that came out. Uh, he was excited about Ennis Cancer going to the Celtics. Uh, you know, talked about Ennis, you know, helping his team uh, going to the final four, even though of course, you know, Ennis never played on that team that went to the final four, but regardless, you know, he, he obviously helped him practice. Apparently so you know Co- coach Cow's on a roll he's he's back this is summertime so he's got to make sure everyone knows his guys are doing well and uh, again it's it's just good Calipari, in general is just doing a really good job at uh, at making everything and everyone know uh what his guys are up to and what's next for well, what's next for kentucky basketball cuz again he's going to be there for a lifetime well, that's, or at least uh, 10
0: years yeah it's 10, ten years that, that's what it is he's, he's living like he's dying that's what it is he's he's <laughs> he's got that mm. mentality he's like he just found out that he's going to die in 10 years uh, because his lifetime contract is actually a ten-year contract, and he's like shit. I got a lot of living to do. Let me tweet to all my all my guys in the league. Um, no, what this really means—it's his last holiday. We we are the Calipari whispers uh, of college basketball. We we have our finger on the Calipari pulse, uh, and we, we, I, I'm I'm well versed in his shenanigans here. And uh, this means that Kentucky is going to be terrifying this year. That's what this means. Mm. It means he loves his team. It means uh, he's—we we called this a couple years ago when the Kevin Knox team, going into that season, he was nowhere to be found, didn't want to do interviews, didn't want to talk about anybody. Um, last year, he seemed pretty excited, and they had a good team last year. They were—I mean, they got they got destroyed by Duke in the opening thing, but, like, they ended up being pretty good. Uh, they, they went to lead Eight, right? They lost to Elite Eight. Uh, yes. They, they lost to Auburn in lead Eight in a close game. Um, pretty good season for Kentucky. This year, uh, I think Cal loves his team, and he should, um, but I think, Tate, he loved his chances at winning the SEC a lot more before Kerry Blackshear said he's going to Florida because we finally got the Kerry Blackshear news. This is the real transfer in college basketball um, that that shook everyone to their core or whatever phrase we want to use to pretend like it was, you know, the biggest deal in the world. But Kerry Blackshear was uh, uh, the best transfer on the market. He was kind of dragging out his um, decision, not necessarily because I think he was playing games. I think he was just kind of taking his time we, we talked about how he obviously wanted to stay in the SEC because he visited like five SEC schools and nowhere else. Uh, and he finally decided he's, he's from Orlando. He wants to stay close to home. He's going to Florida. He's going to be on Florida. Florida now becomes definitely a top 10 team, maybe a top five team. They're very, very, very good. And they might be the favorites in the SEC this year now.
1: Yeah, and it, uh, he did the same thing that Brad did with my next chapter. Um, So they're sort of, you know, in the same verbiage, I guess, at this point. And, you know, it was interesting because I heard a lot of uh, ACC schools had reached out to Kerry Blackshear to try to get him to take visits. I know Carolina was one of those schools that reached out to him. He never responded to pretty much anyone and was like, I am going to the SEC no matter Mm -hmm. what you guys want me to do, which I find uh, intriguing to say the least. But I mean, Kerry Blackshear, he averaged 14, 15 points a game, seven and a half rebounds a game last year for Virginia Tech. Obviously, they lose buzz. So then, you know, he becomes a graduate transfer and he's on the market and trying to figure out where he wants to go but uh, I mean they have a pretty good class coming in at Florida they got the the two McDonald's guys I think uh Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann I may not have those names right but I think those yeah, are two guys her, that are coming in those are names yeah did I get it right? Nice. Yeah, you got it right. Good Look job. at this, Doggy so Julian. First, first we got Doggy, first we got Doggy. Now we got Scotty and Trey. This is going to be a good podcast for us. We're doing really well in the offseason. season. Uh, so in that sense, it's exciting. Florida might have a chance to make a run with Mike White, uh, which I think you know people are excited about. I guess to see what happens with him, and he's still trying to make the play for the Duke job, trying to make the the long con to get there. So maybe this is a year where where Florida can win the SEC and uh, you know get get on the national spectrum a little bit with uh, Blackshear. So I guess. All things considered, pretty good day for Gatorade and for the Gators.
0: Fuck, dude, I just thought about this. Blackshear, I I brought this up on the pod before. Blackshear's uh left foot when he plays. I told I told you about this mm-hmm. right, Tate, that he never yes. puts his left heel yes. down. We should have we should have made like never. S- we should have uh I should have tweeted this that when Blackshear I don't know, man. I'm 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 doing joke. This is joke formulation live on the spot. Mm. This way you you're getting a this look a inside in my brain. Yep. This left involved. Man. Uh, is there something there, Tate, where we should have said like we're waiting for the other shoe to drop with Kerry Blackshear, uh, or the other shoe oh. just dropped? The foot just dropped. I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> jumping there. Uh, We'll source this one, huh? What do you think? <laughs> the moment's coming gone. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I could have spent Kyle, like three Kyle, hours. Clean just- the, <laughs> Kyle, clean that up. Just, just
1: get it just get it right off the top. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Kyle edits it where it's just so, like I just jump right in. And I'm like, Yeah, the other shoe drops. <laughs> hey,
1: oh well, the other shoe dropped for Kerry Black here, oh folks. Put a laugh track though- in. That's what we need.
0: Oh God, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what What else is going on? What else is What else do we need to talk about? Did you see the uh, <laughs> Did you see the NCAA's coming out and saying that uh, um, they're going to start taking these that people have basically abused the system with these uh, transfer waivers? It's more of a football thing, I think, um, because the football guys are really getting pretty egregious with their waiver situations where they'll, the, they just... like it's, it's usually... The situation seems to be like a quarterback is a five-star guy. He thinks he's next in line to be the starter. Spoiler alert, you're not. We, we recruited another five-star guy. He's taking your job. And then the first five-star guy is like, I'm going to transfer and I'm going to say that my third uncle has mesothelioma and I need to be closer to home. And it's like, well, why are you picking a school that's 700 miles from home? And he's like, well, because they have direct flights because my uncle (laughs) hasn't moved into the
1: house. So they just bought me in my new hometown yet. And once he moves, everything will be fine. Yeah. I mean, a a perfect example of that right is Quentin Grimes, a guy that, you know, just a year ago, Kansas had Quentin Grimes coming in and Dotson was the one that everyone was kind of worried to see if he was going to be quote unquote good enough to play
0: for context. I just want to stop real quick and remind, uh, when we went to champions classic, Quentin Grimes was my favorite player I saw in the entire champions classic in Indianapolis. Uh, on Michigan State, this is mm-hmm. this was an event that had all the guys on Kentucky: Tyler Hero, PJ Washington, Keldon Johnson. It had uh, uh, Cassius Winston on Michigan State. You had all the Duke guys, obviously Zion, RJ, Cam Reddish, and my favorite player from that entire event was Quentin Grimes. I came out of that, I was like, I really really like this Quentin Grimes kid on Kansas. I'm going to keep my eye on him, and here we are now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a year later, and also a a summer after Bill Self and Danny Manning and basically the whole Kansas contingency coached him with Team USA. He was the MVP of the team all we heard about all summer was how amazing Quentin Grimes was going to be for Kansas. And he looked great in that first game. And what's hilarious to me is that in that first game, you and I were talking about this. We're like, Grimes looks amazing. I think Kansas has a really deep team. I like what Lawson looks like so far. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen with Kentucky. Cause hero just seems like he hasn't, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to become, you know, the number one scoring option. And then meanwhile, last night, hero has 18 points, pretty much pulling up from anywhere in an NBA summer league game. And Quentin Grimes is waiting for the NCAA, to clear him to play uh, for Houston next year uh, or he may have to sit out for the 2019-2020 season. And if you had told both of us after that first outing in the Champions Classic, I know I would have been shocked by that. Uh, so Tyler Hero is the real winner in all of this. So another another tip of the cap to Coach Cow, uh for getting it right. But uh, also Kelvin, Sampson. I mean, I can't believe Sampson is back again. Gets Grimes. Grimes is looking at Texas A&M and uh, Houston ended up going with Houston. It's close to home. I think he's from Woodlands, the Woodlands, Texas. I don't know why it's always the woodlands, but I guess we'll say that the woodlands. Uh So Grimes possibly could get a waiver because again, it is close to home uh playing in Houston, but uh it, it's just crazy how much changes in one year, one summer, at least from Bill self, having the guy, the future a one and done guy to now he's going to be playing for Samson and possibly this year, or at least have to sit out uh one year and come back. So did, Quentin Grimes,
0: did you watch uh did you watch summer league last night, by the way, the, the Tyler hero? And yeah, I did. No, our I, boy, Duncan I, Robinson. I, I
1: yeah, it, it's it's been such an interesting. I mean, even Marcus Bolden, right? I mean, he was he was amazing for the Cavaliers. Did you see him?
0: Yeah, dude, I I love summer league so much. That's I'm getting so excited to to go to Vegas because I I was watching that game last night, and it really is just like a college all star game. You're rooting for everybody. Um, I don't know. It, it was so like watching Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. That that is my new favorite duo. We we did the thing uh, with the podcast. We did the the after the draft thing on on last Friday, whenever it was. I lose track of time so easily. Um, but I remember <laughs> one of the questions that someone asked us, we were doing like the live Q&A, we were doing the live stream or whatever, and someone asked us, "Who? What, what is the duo at Summer League we're most looking forward to? And I threw out like seven duos because I can never commit to one thing. And then last night I was watching Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and I was like, yes, that is my duo. I'm, I'm so excited for these guys. I can't wait to watch them uh, all throughout Vegas. This is going to be awesome. And...
1: Let's just be quiet. You know, it has nothing to do with uh, Duncan Robinson coming on the podcast and being a friend of the program. It has nothing to do with that. He's just a fun guy to watch. You know, he climbed, mm-hmm. he's like the John B of, of basketball. You know, he went from the bottom and climbed his way up to the top. And of course, beeline coached him and now he's with the Cavs. So uh, it's a situation where we're just pulling for Duncan. Duncan hit the weight you know, room, dude.
0: dude he hit the weight room. Yeah, Duncan hit the... Man. Yeah,
1: he's, he's he's yoked up. That's the Miami... Basically, when you go down to play for the Heat, Pat Riley and those guys, they don't mess around. They're like, you have to get in shape or you're not going to be on the team anymore. And that's why Deion Waiters is looking around like, can you guys just trade me because I'm tired of this. Like, <laughs> I, I can't be doing this every day. Uh, I got to get out of here. Uh, did you know that uh, the national teams, China and Croatia, are playing in uh, Summer League, by the way, in Vegas?
0: Really? 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 How does that work?
1: Yeah, I had no idea. I don't know how that works because like wouldn't Hazonia, I guess, be on the Croatian national team. I guess they just do younger guys, but I I found that very interesting as I was going through uh, my summer league research. So it's the national basketball league.
0: It's the national basketball (laughs) (laughs) association. Not the (laughs) first, the Raptors win. Now we're letting the Croatians come over and play. What are we doing? just kind of cool. I was thinking though.
1: the other day, Titus, as it becomes a global game, we should just go ahead and trademark the GBA, the Global Basketball Ooh, Association. Yeah.
0: We should get on every single iteration of the IBA International, the, yes. the WBA, World Basketball Association. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Intergalactic Basketball Association, get ahead of Space Jam. These um, are all things that we need to be thinking of.
0: Do you see Kyle? Speaking of Summer League last night, you see Kyle Guy. Uh, he played pretty well, I thought. Not bad. Not bad yeah. at all. Um, but uh, he he that that wasn't really the news to me. The news was that after he got done playing, I think he had like ten points. Was he, he, he was he was fine. Um, after he got done playing, he retweeted a guy. I, I don't remember who it was, but the guy had a blue check mark, so you know he's really important. Who said that mm-hmm. that Kyle guy? Like the tweet was basically like Kyle guy is just not an NBA player. I just it just can't happen. And Kyle guy retweeted it, so he's back on his uh, Kyle guy's back on his Kyle guy bullshit, where he's tweeting the haters and using it as fuel. And I'm just saying, folks. Last time he did this, we all saw what happened. So, God's playing 2.0 Tate. That's all I'm saying. I'm excited for Kyle Guy.
1: I agree with that. I also got to point out wearing number seven is a strong number. So, uh, you know, absolutely. and, 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 and the Kings, like the, the whole Kings can, as we said, you know, we've talked on this podcast, the Kings, basically they won the national championship uh, in the NBA, with just their roster in general. And then I saw the five guys. Did you see all the guys came to the game with the Kings? It was, yeah, Fox, was cool. buddy healed Harrison Barnes, uh, Harry Giles, Marvin Bagley, and then Bogdanovich. And they're all just sitting there hanging out with each other. And I'm like, this is what you want. This is the college atmosphere that Vladi wants. And these are the blue bloods that Kyle, that, you know, Vladi wants to see on the sideline. And you got Swan again, playing on their team. You got Win Gabriel you got Kyle, guy of course so uh it, it's all sort of just it, it's all working out well uh for everyone frank mason obviously too so uh yeah we're pulling for the kings the grizzlies got a nice win so i'm sure uh you know our boy chris vernon's very excited about that i'm excited to see them uh in las vegas i don't know there, there's a lot of storylines i feel bad for the lakers but uh you know they're gonna be okay when Kawhi comes i guess uh and in, in the coming days because everyone keeps telling us that
0: what was the most uh fascinating nba free agency move for you I mean, I'm trying to. I mean, let me rephrase the question. Other than the ones that everyone else (laughs) is talking about, um, what as a college basketball fan, what was the one that you're just like, "Ooh, I like that. I still like that guy. I that has my attention." I know that that didn't make a ton of waves, but I don't know.
1: (laughs) I know what you're saying. I think uh, the one for me is definitely Wayne Ellington going to the Knicks. Um, I'm very excited about that. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I know people are going to get upset <laughs> about that. But people are just being mean to the Knicks. Just leave them alone at this point. Uh, I was excited about Ed Davis going to the Jazz. I think the Jazz are one of those teams where your boy, Mike Conley going there with Donovan Mitchell. I think that's one of the best backcourts uh, in the West at this point. And then you got uh Bogdanovich is going there from Indiana, which I thought was pretty interesting. And then Ed Davis is a, a very underrated guy. That's just a perfect backup to a Rudy Gobert. Who's the, you know, defensive player of the year in the NBA. So I just like everything the jazz are up to. I think they're kind of doing it a little bit quietly. And I also like what the blazers are doing because uh, you know, they trade Harkless away, uh, which kind of opens the door for my boy, is your little to get some more PT at the small four position? Baysmore is obviously there to start for the time being. And then your Little can kind of get more PT as the year goes on. I'm sure they're trying to work him into the rotation a little bit. And then Hassan Whiteside, a guy that uh, from Gastonia, North Carolina, who I have loved uh, despite him being a little bit of a headache at times, uh, to say the least. I'm excited to see him in Portland. So I think Portland did some good stuff. Uh, it, what, what was the big thing for you? I know you're upset that Rubio didn't come to the Pacers. So yeah, what I the hell, man? For that.
0: It was a virtual done deal. What happened? Virtual done deal. Uh, Ricky rookie, rookie Rubo to the Pacers, and then, but it's okay. It all worked out. The Pacers got Malcolm Brogdon. Tate, God's plan. Uh, it's, the, the stars are aligning. I'm really excited for that backcourt. Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo. I'm. I, I charts today. charts today wrote a column for uh for the Ringer about how the Pacers are shooting for more than a four seed. Or I think that was the, the headline. <laughs> it was like the idea the Pacers are shooting <laughs> for more than just uh, the fourth seed. And it's so perfect because that is the the entire Indiana. Pa- I, I went on a mini Twitter rant. Uh, what was it Sunday? I think um, about the existence of the Indiana Pacers and how the Pacers are just. I don't know. It, it feels like it feels like they're too nice. They they don't ever spend over the cap. They don't. They, they will never tank because like that's not. What basketball is? You play to win the game, right? Herm Edwards said that. So they're out there trying to win every single game, and they they don't think about the big picture. They they just take the whole system in earnest, and they're like, "Yes, we're going to try our hardest to win a title every single year. We are going to win forty five games. We are going to get like the twelfth pick in the draft if we're lucky. If we're not lucky, we'll get the nineteenth pick in the draft somewhere in there, twelve to nineteen. Um, they're like mm. they're like Cincinnati and Xavier every year when they're ranked like nineteenth. That's the that's the Pacers yes. draft pick. They have the nineteenth pick every single year." Um, so they, and then like it's Indianapolis. So like no big free agents ever want to sign with the Pacers. Um, and I'm not shitting on Indianapolis. I was born and raised there. I, I, I get it. I love Indianapolis, but you know, people aren't tripping over themselves to move there. So you're, you're, you're building a franchise with, without signing marquee free agents, you know, that you're never going to get the LeBrons and Anthony Davises and, and Kawhis of the world. Uh, and you're never going to get a top ten draft pick because you you win forty five games every year because you take it super seriously and you can't you can't allow yourself to have like three shitty years in a row. Um, how are how are you ever going to win anything when you can't draft guys and you can't sign guys? I don't get it. I don't ever get it. But uh, it's it's hilarious because they do have Malcolm Brogdon. And I am kind of excited for the Pacers and I'm going to talk myself into thinking that they might actually be able to win something and then they're going to win fifty four games make the Eastern semis and lose in like six games and I'm going to be like hell of a and, th- and then the Pacers front office is going to be like hell of a season, guys. And I'm going to say, yeah, that's, that's the Indiana Pacers way right there.
1: Yeah. And that's the, that's what the Pacers do. I mean, it's better than, you know, the Hornets are basically at this point saying we won't call Anthony to be with the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, that's another outlook to have on all things basketball for, for my team that I pull for, but Hey, uh, I'm excited for our boss, Bill Simmons to get Kimba Walker. Uh, I know he's excited about, uh, did you, did you see this picture? that got leaked though, of Kimba Walker in Boston, as soon as he landed It's a picture with him, like with a bunch of 12 year olds and they're all taking pictures with Kimba and they're all taller than Kimba. Really like two or three inches taller than Kimba. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it just adds even more, uh, you know, respect that I have for what Kimba has been able to do all, with all of his time with the Hornets. He was, he this... was great to watch. He took a lot of shots over the years. He finally got over 40% uh, about four years in, but again, he had to carry the entire team by himself. And and Michael Jordan said, I, I'm not paying all that money for, for that shit. So he let him go. Uh, and I think it'll all work out in the end. I love Terry Rozier. One of my favorite uh, Louisville players when he was in college. I like that he has a chip on his shoulder. I like that he believed he was better than Kyrie Irving uh, throughout his t- entire time with the Celtics. So I'm happy he's going to be in Charlotte and get a real chance to to make a run uh, you know, with that team. But uh, the big news is really that the NBA is going to get canceled if Kawhi goes to the Lakers. Have you heard this? Have you seen this?
0: <laughs> Dude, I. it's so weird that I kind of want Kawhi to go to the lakers just for the the oh it's hilarious just, why not I, why not? i mean it, yeah it, why not?
1: I, I just find it so funny because everything that everyone said about lebron you know what six months ago uh it'll all change uh and now lebron's got too much help and yada 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 right and i think that's doing i think that's why i want and, it like because
0: yeah. I, I obviously i love i love that the nba is becoming competitive again and as it stands currently right now before Kawhi signed signing anywhere Uh, We have no idea who's going to win the title. We don't even know who the the favorites are in either conference, Um, and that's exciting because it hasn't been that way in a long time. Uh, So it, it it, it seems contradictory for me to then say I want Kawhi to go to the Lakers, but what I really want is to watch everyone backtrack because... Well, it dude, like two months ago, everyone was making fun. Shit, like two weeks ago, people were making fun of the Lakers and how inept they were, and, and this organization has no idea what they're doing, and it's a dumpster. They're, they're the Knicks, but they're out West and all that kind of shit. Now they might have the three best players in the world on their team, <laughs> and they have to walk that back. And it's the same thing with LeBron where it's like LeBron doesn't care about winning anymore. He's just out there to make movies, and he's not trying to actually – he just he just wants to cash checks and make movies and and advance his son's basketball career and that's all he cares about and oh shit never mind actually lebron is going to destroy everybody <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Whoops. wait a second. Let now me, LeBron can with tweaks. the Lakers. Delete, wait delete, a second. Delete, yeah. Oh yeah. All, all the people that started covering the Clippers are now trying to cover the Lakers right. again. Like all the reporters that moved over to the Clippers beat. They're like, Oh, I was, I was just joking. Can yeah. I go back <laughs> to, uh, to the Lakers and also love Rob Blinka. Uh, Can he tell me the story of Genesis again? Because man, that was a great story. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that's pretty much where we're at with all things Lakers. I just think it would be cool in the sense that Kawhi doesn't give a shit about what anyone is trying to tell him uh, to to do and I think that's kind of refreshing because in the world where you know we, we know a lot of these free agent decisions are sort of predetermined by what the, uh, the talk will be around it or surround it uh, I think it's interesting to think that Kawhi doesn't care at all doesn't look at any of it and he's just making decisions because he wants to and or maybe because you know his uncle wants him to who knows because again he doesn't care to tell us and he's going to do what he wants and he just won the title with the Raptors so no one can say anything about it so I think that's a fun uh, situation to be in and I and I also have to say just in general, the whole NBA, doesn't it feel like free agency is more important than the actual playoffs at this point? Like these oh, people, for sure. just, just, the just the way that people react to everything. Yes. And like, you know, the, it feels like the Nets won the title just by signing yes. Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Like people are losing their minds uh, about all this. And and I'm just like, you know, w- what about the Raptors? They just won the title and everyone's like, oh, that's two weeks ago. Who cares? Now it's the Nets. I and think we move on. I
0: think that is the, the one problem that the NBA has that is going to be hard to solve is that that i think everyone has wisened up to the fact that you have to have one of the 10 best players in in the world on your team to win a title. I don't th- i don't think you can mm-hmm. i mean who's the last team to do it without that? It would be the the Pistons in 04 probably. I yeah, the 04 Pistons, a, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not an NBA historian. There might be another example I can't think of, but for i mean it's my understanding that like it's become clear that you you can't like play the 04 Pistons style anymore and win a title. At least no one has seemed to been able to figure it out yet. So that's pretty much knowing that it it becomes this thing where, where every July it's like, we, it, your, your team is just gunning for one of these top 10 guys. And if you don't get him, it's over. And that's like where the, where the Knicks fans have arrived. It's like, we, we wanted to get, I don't know if Kyrie is top 10 or not, but like you could, you could trick yourself into thinking maybe he is, um, so you 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 get excited about that, or you get excited about the rant. Maybe he comes back from the Achilles and he's fine in two years, and and so you you talk yourself into that, and then you miss out, and you're like, well, fuck. Now we're definitely not winning a title. It doesn't even matter what happens next. It doesn't even matter if like RJ Barrett is really really good, uh, or you know there 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 you could find reasons to be optimistic if you're a Knicks fan. But why bother? We don't have a top ten guy. We're not winning a title anytime soon. This is stupid. We might as well just wait till Giannis becomes a free agent. We'll go for him. Um, and I guess that's my frustration as a Pacers. "Quote unquote fan uh, is, is knowing that like like yeah they have a fun team. I, can
1: can can you start a, a Pacers podcast I know, I and you just you just, you just air your grievances on what it's like to be a Pacers fan? Dude, you know what I mean? But I mean, the, it's like the, the it's, ceiling is the fourth seed in the East.
0: Dude, it's obviously <laughs> exciting to have Victor Oladipo, who played at IU, be the face of the franchise. He's a great dude. He loves Indiana. Like all that is so exciting. But at the end of the day, you know that Victor Oladipo is not like one of the f- ten best players in the league." So they're not going to win a title. I mean, Victor Oladipo is really, really fucking good, but he's not LeBron James or or Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard, you know? So they're not going to win a title. Kyle. And you know, Kyle,
1: that. Kyle, clip this out and tweet it at Oladipo so that he can bookmark this tweet and then put it out when, you know, he wins MVP or something. And just be like, just a reminder. He'll have his Kyle Guy moment, you know, where he just like yeah. remember what the haters said? The and hater, then yeah. and Dude, then you'll would, blow up. Listen, Tyus. I would love yeah, to be I would great. love to
0: be used uh, I I don't yeah. Tommy Alter's gonna be really mad at me that I said Victor Oladipo's not a top ten player. <laughs>
1: Let's be honest. Tommy Alter is not listening. He's I in Amsterdam do, right now at a cafe for the first time, losing his mind.
0: I should just do the uh, the Dickie V thing and put like 26 guys in my top 10 in, in the NBA. And yeah, <laughs> I should have gone the other way with that. I should have been like, hell yeah, Old is top 10, and so is Kyrie, and so is Mike Conley. Hell yeah. <laughs> um yeah just
1: say top 11 and then you can add whoever you want no no one will do the counting do and, the, then, and then you're in a good spot I, do the yeah, gary parish
0: perfect. top 25 plus one and i just change who the plus one is every time i got my top 10 plus one yeah and yeah um i had a couple other notes i wanted to get to before we go uh number Please. one i saw the oklahoma state just hired uh the brother of a so there's, there's this recruit number number two in the in the country for this next recruiting class not the one incoming the 2020 class. So, guys that are uh, high school seniors. Wait, how does this work? Guys that are about to enter their senior year of high school. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, kid named Cade Cunningham is apparently number two in the country. Mm. Oklahoma State just hired his older brother. Oklahoma State, a school that has been tied into the FBI shit, um, is now hiring the older brother. And what makes that especially funny, Tate, is you're saying, all right, that's the number two recruit in the country. Who's the number one recruit in the country? That's a, that's a kid by the name of Evan Mobley. Uh, what does his father do? He's an assistant coach at USC. Andy Enfield. <laughs> uh, another program. Andy Enfield is way was, ahead of the game. <laughs> another program that was tied up in the FBI stuff is, uh, has hired. So the top two recruits in the country for 2020 have family members that have been hired to staffs involved in the FBI investigation. And I just wanted to point that out to America because I trust that our listeners find that as hilarious as I do.
1: Yeah, nothing to see here is uh, the mantra for both those situations. I've heard of the Cade Cunningham kid. That makes sense. I mean, it is just the Michael Beasley approach where, you know, you get the family in, keep the family close and then you, uh, you know, get them still water and you you try to run and uh, win a championship before the NCAA comes down. To so uh, it is the bag dropping way to do things. It is what we respect. We respect the bag. And we also, you know, just respect the, uh, I respect the, the, the foresight on the, uh, you know, from Andy Infields sense where he's like i don't even know if i'm gonna be at usc but let me just Dude, tell you this i'm gonna get this guy on staff and t- we're gonna figure this out remember
0: when he tried to do that with the bagleys he offered every bagley if your last name was bagley he offered you a full ride scholarship to play basketball at usc Not you didn't have to yes. be in marvin bagley's direct family you could be like yeah james bagley from trenton new jersey and you could be like a 45 year old accountant and he was like yeah sure here you, you get a scholarship too if it means marvin's coming if it means Marvin Bagley the third is coming to USC, I will give every Bagley in America a scholarship and the guys, ruthless. yeah, they were God offering
1: uh Marvin's older brother to go back to be in the film school at USC. You know, they're like, yeah, We'll give him a free ride, he didn't yeah. have to pay for anything. Anything you guys want, you can come here and do it. And uh, I remember being at the Drew League that summer when he was uh, you know, still pending his decision trying to figure it out. And every single person I talked to there was like, Yeah, Marvin's going to USC because they're gonna his and little then, brothers want to go to USC, they're big USC fans, and it was a lock. And then Lori and and Laughlin
0: went to the courthouse and legally changed her name to Bagley and was like like all my kids are going for free to school this is awesome
1: <laughs> <laughs> to bag lady we did it yes.
0: we did it um the other thing i wanted to point out i, I was so I was watching i said this at the top i was watching some of these older games they showed uh they showed Kawhi playing uh when he was at san diego state he was playing um at Gonzaga. espn showed one of the uh espn u i'm sorry over the weekend was showing that game i caught a little bit of that uh but the one i really watched was the the 07 um big 12 title game where mm. it was Durant, it was basically Durant versus Kansas when Kansas was number two in the country, uh, and and Kansas ends up winning in overtime. And it was it was it was a great game. It's obviously fun to watch, like Durant. It, it's like the whole point of it was like, oh yeah, Durant was really fucking good, and Kawhi was really fucking good in college. Although Kawhi, I Kawhi still wasn't like Kawhi wasn't Kawhi in college. He was he was pretty good. Like you can see it now, now that you know what he became, you can go back and watch and be like, yeah, he's pretty. But I I remember watching him like, yeah, he's all right. He's, he's, he's fine. Like, the, the best example is the Pacers traded him when they drafted him and I wasn't really that upset about it. I was like, yeah, George Hill, he's a hometown kid. We get George Hill back. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but it is fascinating to go back now and be like, oh, okay, now I see. Uh, I see how Kawhi became one of the best players in the world. That makes total sense. But um, anyway, I was watching the, the 07 title, the, the 07 Big 12 title game tape and um, I'm sure Kansas fans are well aware of this and this is common knowledge amongst them, but I, I caught this in the moment and I freaked out because it was, it was pretty awesome. Kansas is down three at the end of regulation in this game. And they run the, the Chalmers play, two Chalmers, and he hits the shot. The same exact mm. shot he hit against Memphis. He hit in the 7 Big 12 title game to send it into overtime as well uh, against Texas. Texas was up three. They run the play. He hits the shot, goes to overtime, Kansas wins. So I thought that was interesting. And I, I'm not sure if, if uh, people outside of Lawrence were aware that that happened, that Bill Self uh, had done that, that Mario Chalmers had hit that shot multiple times.
1: Mario's miracle was not the first time is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny about that is I saw uh, someone was bringing this up about the DeAndre Hunter three. You know, the three that he hit, uh, the tie drone made that pass. to DeAndre Hunter to tie the game at 68 and to go to overtime. Everyone, you know, there was this practice footage that came out of Ty Jerome making that same pass to Hunter for that three in the corner. And everyone's like, see, these guys, they they were running this play for this exact moment. Uh, I remember Chris Jenkins with Archie Diacono. There was footage of Villanova running that play in practice before. Uh, And then everyone's like, see, these guys were? they drew up this moment before that this is what they thought would happen. And, you know, that's all fine and dandy, obviously. And, you know, you do two minute situations or 10 seconds, situa- all these little situational plays you do in practice. That's what good coaches do in general. But it is crazy to me that, like you're saying, like this moment you see in a game a year before it actually happens. Yeah. And then when it does happen, everyone goes back as if, you know, Bill Self is in practice with, you know, Mario Chalmers and right. those guys. And he's like, look, think about this. Derek Rose is going to miss a free throw, right? And we're going to have an opportunity right, right, to, right. to hit yeah. this three in the title game. You know, it's like, that's how people take it that much. They, for, like, they take it. it a, it's a bridge too far. You, you know go back I mean? and show uh, with, you, without.
0: Yeah, you show footage of Kyle Guy shooting free throws, and you're like, "Holy shit! No wonder he made those three against Auburn. Those three free throws. <laughs> yeah. He was practicing these. Oh my God, he practiced these before. This is crazy." Um, as you're as you're kind of laying out these cool shots, I had this promotional idea, and and anyone listening to this uh, that works in an athletic the pro program around the country, feel free to steal this. I pitched it to Ohio State. They looked at me and they're like, "Nah, we're good." Um, so I, this is, this is, I'm I'm open sourcing this They're idea. You're like Titus. Titus, yeah. you should have transferred yeah, as a sophomore. Please. you're like what the what the hell? Titus, you have uh, worn out your welcome at this university. Please move to California. Please, we will pay. Titus, your you live cost. in LA now. Yeah.
1: Mick Cronin said to call him
0: yeah. back. Uh, I had this idea, Tate, and it's open source. Anyone can take it now. Uh, I I think it'd be sweet to do like a halftime prom- uh, thing or like a timeout thing where your your program shows like a historic shot um, like when, and one of the best shots in program history or whatever and you have to uh, they pull the fan from the the crowd and they have to recreate the play instead of doing like the standard like hit a layup free throw half court free, heave. half court oh, whatever. Yeah. it's like you're in Kansas and there's a timeout and they, they have like the roulette wheel where they have like all the best shots in Kansas history and then it lands on one and it's like oh the Mario Chalmers shot in 08 and then you have like one of the staffers dribbles, does a dribble handoff to the, 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 to the fan and they have to catch it, dribble it once and hit a three and then everyone gets to relive it. And then, then they show the real clip and all the fans get excited. Cause they're like, Oh yes, I remember that. And then, yeah, I don't know. That'd be sweet. And then like, yeah, what? Virginia, you let's, get, you get, let's. you get a guy that has to recreate the, the Deandre Hunter shit. I don't know. That's my idea.
1: That sounds amazing, but I also could imagine that a lot of people will get hurt while attempting to do these things. You know what I mean? Someone jumps off one leg, yeah. uh, you know, they go down and tear their Achilles and everyone's like, <laughs> oh, my God, we should not have let John take that shot. Uh, but, yeah, that sounds amazing. Maybe you save that idea and we just do that as a one shining podcast event where we, we should yeah. have a wheel ourselves. We pick a bunch of shots. And then we invite our, you know, friends of the program, and we let people act it out. That's a great idea. I changed my mind. Give commentary.
0: It's not open source anymore. I'm taking it back. It's mine. (laughs) No one can do it. Uh, It's mine. We are going to profit off of this, and um, yeah, we're we we are going to become college basketball tape we are going to have fans do this for free and then we're going to profit somehow off of it and this is going to be well, great it's a great all idea. all
1: donations can be given to the club showing foundation wink wink and uh and then we'll go from there yeah perfect
0: by the way the foundation's doing well I, I do thank everybody for donating um i uh and the new car i just bought has nothing to do with your guys' donations i'm joking i really i really do need to stop making jokes about that uh we we actually have raised a ton of money so far uh we're doing very well with that and i appreciate um. The, the people that have chipped in, um, we are we are going to give a scholarship away next year, Tate. I'm very excited about it in Atlanta. A scholarship, a walk on will be I can't a wait. scholarship, and it's and it's pretty awesome. So if you're if you're new to the program and want to help out, ClubTrillionFoundation.org, go help us out. Uh, anything else before we go?
1: uh nothing really in particular st john signed with nike someone tweeted that at us uh and let us know that so maybe they're going to get uh his name is free frankie smokes uh is his twitter name and st john's basketball and nike together uh post chris mullen this is exciting for uh bag purposes so wait chris mullen's not there st john's
0: anymore? what happened
1: yeah unfortunately <laughs> i really yeah, do I have know. to remind he myself said, of, of
0: that yeah that he uh he's not at st john's anymore
1: Chris Mullen is one of those guys who wanted the show calls penalty like Kevin Olley. Yes. He was like, please, please, the NCAA, come down and, and get me out of this. Uh, yeah, so congratulations to St. John's. That's one good thing for uh, for Jim Cunningham and New York basketball fans, I guess. So
0: congratulations to St. John's. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jalen Fisher, TCU transfer. Um, he, he just mm. today announced that he's going to Grand Canyon Tate. And this comes on the heels of me texting you last night out of nowhere. I don't know what made me think of it. But I I texted you last night that we should go to a Grand Canyon game this year. I think the pitch was that we go with no money and no basically nothing in our pockets, and we see how many drugs we can do. And we just see what happens. We we go to the student section, and we just uh, we just we just see what happens. I don't know. I don't I don't really want to go in with a plan. I just want to see what happens. And um, I I have a feeling I will feel like my face is melting off. And uh, now that Jalen Fisher's playing there, I I really. Is he going to get a waiver? Apply for a waiver, Jalen. Get, get a waiver. You can play right away. Um, I don't want him to sit out. I want him to play this year, and I want to go to a game and sit in the student section and just trip balls for two hours. That's the plan. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: let's be honest. We don't know what they're doing in the student section, but we know that something is going on, so it's up to us. Uh, this is going to be it's our journalism. gonzo pad- yeah. podcasting moment where we get in the middle of it, and uh, we're going to see what works.
0: I really, th- I really think we should do that and take a, I'm trying to think of, I I, I kind of want to do a video, but at the same time, I don't want my parents to see me tripping balls on, on a video. So I'd rather just like go and then we'll recap it. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're not going to go. We're, we're not going to go.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll do it in character. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll do, we'll do a full thing. We'll, we'll say we're Hunter S Thompson, you know, experts and we're in, you know, I maybe if we get some real journalists behind us, then you know what I mean? We'll be, we'll be respected for it. Not, uh, you know, as I, as I pitched before, my biggest series that I still want to do at summer league is pick and rolling with Kevin O'Connor, where <laughs> we are at the encore beach club and I give him substances to start rolling. And he talks about uh, his favorite players running the pick and roll in summer league. So, that's still out there that's still that's still an idea that's open-ended so we got a lot of stuff going on I can't wait
0: it's not too late man we could do that this year that reminds me uh my Oh, my, yeah. oh, my oh big, we can do it that's my, for sure my big pitch for uh, KOC is uh, I want him and racillo to do a video series. I've told you about this but uh I want him and racillo to do a video series where they're lifting weights talking about basketball and they're doing the exact same weight and at no point do they acknowledge that they're lifting weights. It's just like, welcome to NBA talk. I'm Ryan Russillo. Here's He's Kevin O'Connor. Uh, we're going to break down the <laughs> free agency stuff. And they just start talking like it's a normal NBA show. But throughout the entire show, they're lifting weights. And KOC is doing the exact same weight that Russillo doing. So, like, Russillo is just, like, casually talking as he's lifting. And KOC is, like, getting, giving himself a hernia as he's, <laughs> as he's breaking down Kyrie Irving's yeah. contract with the Nets. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny in my head. And then...
1: And then, pe- and then people blame the ringer trainers for letting Kevin go out and do that. Yeah. yeah uh, exactly. It becomes a whole thing. Uh, yeah. I can't wait for that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. We got a, we got a lot of ideas for summer league. Granted uh, we don't know if any or, or honestly if any of them will actually happen, but we're going to be there. Uh, I'm very excited to get to Vegas. I fly in Friday uh, from North Carolina and go straight to Vegas. You get in Friday night as well, right?
0: I'm coming in Friday. We'll be there till I think Wednesday. That's it. That's uh, that's all I got. <laughs> Anything else? Tate, let's wrap this shit up and get out of here.
1: No, I just, uh, I'm excited for Summer League. I'm excited to see you at Summer League. And uh, we also have a big announcement uh, next week, next Wednesday. Uh, we have something that I, I can't give any more details other mm. than the fact that we are very excited about uh, being able to announce. Uh, we have a you scoop. Know, uh, something that is very dear to our hearts in the worlds of college basketball.
0: Well, we can tease it like this. We have a scoop, Tate. We've, we have our big college. Yes. This is the biggest college basketball scoop. I would argue that this is bigger than John Rothstein getting engaged maybe i don't know maybe I, i'd have to think about it mm. but uh this this is our big break this is our big scoop this is when we will be taken seriously as journalists um uh, we w- we will announce what the scoop is on the next show which will be next next tuesday but then uh we're we're going to release that next uh next week at some point our our big scoop so keep an eye out for that and um if you if you're wondering will i be disappointed will it be underwhelming what the scoop is the answer is probably yes Probably, yeah. It probably will be. But we're going to hype it up like it's a big deal because we got a college basketball scoop, baby, and we're excited for it. So check that out. See you guys in Vegas. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Sports.